Welcome to the Manager Material Podcast, where we're going to chat about all the things that make you manager material. I'm your host, Erin Jackson. There are a lot of people out there that are going to tell you, here's the recipe for being a manager. And they are only basing that off of their limited experience, their own personal experience. And the reality is when you work with managers across different industries, different functions, different levels, you start to see what really does and does not work for management, people that are managing people. It's not rah, rah, let's all do this leadership stuff. Leadership is very important, but that expands beyond just the basic fundamentals of being a manager. And we've, as a society, tried to make this glamorous thing about being a manager and it's gotta be rooted in the basics. And that's where I've been the last 10 years of my career is working with managers, making them successful in those things that get overlooked so quickly. So let's dive in. Welcome to the first episode of the Manager Material Podcast. I am so freaking excited to be talking to you today, to be chatting about all the things that make you manager material. We're going to go through a lot today. So get out your pen and paper because we're going to hit some really important things that I want you to remember and implement into your day-to-day life as a manager of people. If you're already a Manager Material member, make sure to check out the podcast paper section in the community for the guide on this episode. Managers are the backbone of organizations. Hard stop. You being a manager is so freaking important. So many people, but especially Gallup, have done a lot of studies around why and how managers are so impactful. And the reality is that the data tells us that you as a manager control over 70% of why someone is engaged at work. It's very clear. Now, engaged isn't just this buzzword. It's are people fulfilled? Do they feel like they're achieving success? Are they moving forward in their career? So when they're thinking about that, it's you. Yeah, there might be other things going on at work, but ultimately the buck stops with you. If you do all the things that you need to do to be a great manager of people, you have a highly engaged team that is incredibly productive. You're achieving all kinds of new things. Your career is growing. Their career is growing. Their livelihood is increasing. You're impacting their lives positively, their kids, their significant others, their families. It's just this snowball effect. When you became a manager, you likely had a job description for the role that you were taking on. If I were to look at that job description that you have, it maybe has a single bullet point about what's expected of you from managing your team. It may not have anything at all. The reality is the job that you took on, your number one responsibility is managing your team. You are set up to be held accountable to a set of expectations that really haven't actually been clearly defined for you. And number one, I don't think that's fair because I want you to be able to operate with a clear set of expectations of what does that actually mean when you are in a management position overseeing people? Not just the accounting part or sales part of your function, but the really the meat of what it means to manage people. So where that one bullet point often is, and it's usually tucked in at the bottom, I've taken what that bullet point is and said, okay, what actually goes into making a people manager successful and created a manager material job description. This is all the things, the framework to make you successful in managing people. There are two parts to this job description for being a people manager. 
The first part is, what the heck are you even supposed to be doing? And the second part is, how are you supposed to be doing it? I'm going to hit the highlights of these to give you an introduction to all of them. But we're going to dive into more of these in the manager material community in really great depth. So that way you can implement this, put it into action in your own management journey. This is a process over a period of time to build you up to being truly manager material. Starting with what is expected of you, clear expectations. This is what we're doing right now. We're getting really clear on what you need to be doing as a people manager. Your team wants the exact same thing from you. The second part of that is you have to have resources in order to go meet those expectations, the things that you're asking them to go do. So you have to have both. Once you're set on those things, then you've got a performance coach. After the game, you've got to give them feedback. When they start going out and executing and performing, sometimes they're going to go off track and you've got to nudge them back, give them feedback on where their gaps are. You've also got to give them affirmation, reward and recognition. If they're performing well, they need to hear that from you. It sucks to have a manager that you only hear where you're going wrong from. And so you want to be that manager that balances that out. I'm not talking about a sandwich where you do the positive, negative, positive. I just mean over a period of time, you need to continually be providing affirmations so that way it's not only performance coaching. One of the most important things you need to do and one of my favorite things to do is you need to develop your team. This goes beyond the performance coaching and the day-to-day operations of the business and you're looking longer term at their career. You're investing in their career. You're building your leadership legacy by setting them up for further success down the road. It's really important who you bring onto your team. Who's on your team matters. They say you're strong as your weakest link, and that really is true. So when you are deciding external hires, internal transfers, or promotions, you need to be really thoughtful on who's coming onto the team and make sure you're always leveling up. When you bring someone new onto a team, you've got to make sure that they have clarity, that they have some type of onboarding training plan to ramp them up to where they need to be. This goes back to clarity. If you have someone coming in where there's a big change, and I always say high change equals high touch, you've got to be intentional about this process so that way they're not stalling out due to ambiguity. I've got a great template for a ramp plan in the manager material community that will help walk you through exactly what to do. Now we're getting into more of the administrative side of things. I know it's not super exciting, but it is really important. So one of those is ensuring that you are doing all the administrative stuff, making sure you're approving time cards, making sure those are accurate if you have hourly team members. All the things that are documentation oriented with changes like a PAF, you need to stay on top of that. Schedule time to make sure you're staying on top of everything that needs to happen administratively. Also, you've got to make sure that you are operating within state local, federal law, and within company policy. Now, I know that you're like, Aaron, I'm not going to be sitting on the beach reading the company handbook, but you do need to get familiar with the company policies like a code of conduct or leave policies because the more you know, the more you can better guide your team and help hold them accountable if they start to go off track. And you're not putting yourself or the company at risk. Lastly, and this can get really hard sometimes, When you are in a management position, you've got to balance the needs of the business with the needs of the team. And it's a constant weighing act and you need to know where to fall between those two. 
because sometimes you a manager can tend to want to index over to all to give the team everything they want and that doesn't always make sense. On the flip side, the company can be asking you to do stuff that's immoral or doesn't align with your value system and you don't want to f- go fully index in what the company's asking you to do. So you need to know where that balance is and get really good on what you want. Now, you need to do all those things, but if you did all of those things and you did all of those things right, you still could have a disengaged team, an unhappy team because of how you went about it. So how you go about it is super important. Now that we've gone through the what, let's talk about the how. Number one, you've got to be dependable. You need to follow through on your commitments. Your team needs to know that they are your priority. Have you ever had a situation where you cannot get a hold of your manager? They're constantly reprioritizing. They're rescheduling your one-on-ones. It's not a great feeling and you're not able to get feedback in real time from your manager. You want to make sure that you're not doing that to your team and it can come really naturally sometimes to want to prioritize what your manager needs from you or other people in the organization and then you find yourself rescheduling one-on-ones yourself and not following through on the things that you owe your team in order to get out of their way so they can keep going. You need to be able to self-regulate your emotions. Emotions drive people off track often and you need to be able to understand your emotions and self-regulate them. You also need to be self-aware. You need to be aware of how you're impacting others, but especially your team. Let's talk about conflict on the team. It's going to happen either on the team or with others in the organization, but as a manager, you cannot shy away from handling it directly. A lot of the time when there's conflict within your team, It's often because of a lack of clarity around lanes, who's supposed to be doing what, or sometimes it comes from you as the manager not performance managing or performance coaching properly, and there's inconsistencies within the team. And so going in, understanding where things are coming from, gathering data in the situation is going to be really important. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you say, y'all just need to go handle it because a lot of the time... When I've seen conflict within the team, the manager, ultimately their decisions are at the root of what's causing the conflict. You have to set good relationship boundaries. This is really difficult to do, especially if you've been managing former peers. I personally really struggled with this early on as manager, and I see this consistently across the board with my clients that there's always people that struggle with this and I've seen the negative repercussions of what happens when you try to over-index and be friends with people. You're not able to properly performance coach. You tend to show favoritism, even if that's not what you're trying to do. And I'm spending a little bit more time here because this is so important to get right. And it is really hard to do, especially as a new manager. Do you know that person that plays golf with a boss like every other Sunday? That's what we're trying to avoid. You still want to get to know your team, but do it in a healthy manner, and that is taking an individualized approach. Everyone operates so differently, so getting to know how people want reward and recognition, how they want to be performance managed, how often they actually really want one-on-ones, you need to have those conversations with each of your team members. One of the tools that I love to use that's super helpful and really helped me with this is the Clifton Strengths Assessment. You might have heard it called Strengths Finder. 
it's not super expensive, and it's going to give you this really rich set of information about each of your team members and about yourself. So what you need from your team, what they need from you, the more information you have here, the better off the relationship's going to be. And you don't have to rely on that desire or that natural pull to want to be friends in order to better manage them. You can do it from a business standpoint and make you significantly more effective by approaching it from this standpoint. Being an empathetic manager is important, but here's the catch. Empathy does not come naturally to everyone. I know for me, it certainly does not come naturally. I need to look for data to help me understand more about someone's situation to help me to help me put myself in their shoes. So you need to work on building this muscle through a process that helps you identify where is someone is coming from. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have different lenses we look through. And so understanding others' perspectives is critically important. Just because something came easy for you doesn't always mean it, it's going to come easy for somebody else. When I work with managers who are really overwhelmed, stressed out, or their teams are incredibly stressed out, they're not operating within their limits. So their bandwidth limits, they're saying yes to too much without the proper time. They have too many direct reports, so they're not able to effectively manage everyone and they need to maybe look at restructuring or the team doesn't have enough resources to actually do everything that's there. So the conversation needs to become with your manager okay, in order to take this on, either this has to drop or we're going to need these additional resources. The manager's got to be a buffer. Otherwise, the team's going to crumble if you keep stacking thing after thing after thing on a house that can't withstand that type of pressure. So you as a manager need to understand what not only your limitations are, but your team's. So that way you can say, no, or here's what we need before you take on way too much that's completely unrealistic and just completely damages the team. We talked about developing your team, but you also need to continuously develop yourself. You need to keep up with the development of not only your team, but also the pace of the organization, the growth of the organization. Continuously developing yourself will make you a more effective manager. You're doing it right now by listening to this conversation. When I talk to managers who are wildly successful, they all have one common theme, and that is they have a really rich community guiding them. Having people surrounding you in your community is so critical. You've got to have a strong community of people, and this is outside of work. It's great to have people inside of work, but outside of work who can give you feedback, who you can rely on, ask those questions where you don't feel silly asking internally. You need people that are going to keep guiding you on the right track. The manager material community is perfect for this because you can be surrounded by not only the training that I'm providing, but other managers who are maybe going through the same thing you're going through or have already gone through it and can give you their own perspectives of what they did to overcome it. Even if it's not manager material, make sure that you do have a community to rely on. Part of being a great manager of people is being intentional. It doesn't just happen to you. You don't just happen to be a great manager of people. You don't just wake up and think, oh, I need to do time cards. You've got to set processes to keep you accountable to the things that you need to be doing for your team. As a manager, you need to set the right tone for your team. This is going to drive a lot of your team's behavior and a lot of your behavior. 
if you were over indexing and spending a significant portion of your time in a week, and not just a work week, but in seven days, where you're working long hours, you're working on weekends, you're modeling that behavior for your team. And regardless of what you say, they're going to start mimicking that behavior because they're going to think that's really what you expect of them. Also, if you are working so many hours and you're not balancing your life with other things that you enjoy, you're going to start impacting your physical health, your mental and emotional health, and that can impact your decision making and your ability to set limits on what you and your team can actually accomplish. Here's the thing. We can, as managers, say, I want you to have a work-life balance. But that really doesn't mean much because people always read the subtext of a situation. So here's what I want you to do. When a team member tells you, hey, I'll be on all night and it's really not necessary, tell them, no, shut down, go enjoy your family. I'm going to be disconnected too. I'm going to go enjoy time with my friends. Really actually put it into practice, those boundaries, so that way you and your team are both advocating for real life to still happen outside of work and that work doesn't start to overshadow everything else. There is a good chance that you right now have a manager that is not giving you feedback and that really sucks. And I'm sorry that that's happening, but you don't want to then go get affirmations from your team. Your team is not there to replace your manager in giving you performance feedback, performance coaching, and validation. You are there to give that to them. So make sure that if you're missing it from your manager, that you're going to get that from your manager or you're correcting that situation. So that way you're not trying to get it from your team. Have you ever worked with someone, especially a manager, where you spoke up because you thought that maybe they made the wrong call or something could be could be done better and you were just only met with being shut down? It's not a great feeling. And so as a manager, you need to be willing to be wrong. You need to leave space for your team to come to you and say, hey, something's off with this or can we do it this way? Because you may not have all the data when you make a decision or you may have just had a bad judgment on that particular part, but you want to make sure there's always that open door for them to come to you with information that might challenge something that you have done. It's a good way to model humility with your team. It also shows them that mistakes are going to happen and it's okay that you're not creating an environment of fear where no one can ever make a mistake and people are essentially walking on eggshells. You don't want your team to ever feel shut down because you're worried about being exposed or or being wrong on something. When people feel shut down, you're stifling that creativity. And so you want to create that environment where people are willing to bring things up and try new things. And when mistakes happen, there's accountability, but then we learn from that and we move on. You know that consensus is the death of progress. So creating harmony can take us off of the right path because if we get to a point where everyone's happy, we're probably not doing the right thing. And part of managing a team is that Everyone has the ability to vocalize with data what their viewpoints are, but that at some point a decision is going to get made. Not everyone's going to be happy, but everyone needs to commit and get on board. The main driver of decisions should be data. And as a manager, you need to be data backed. You need to be using data instead of feelings whenever possible. There's so much responsibility in being consistent with your team 
And so relying on recency bias or proximity bias or who you just enjoy spending time with more is not going to drive good decision making. And so you want to make sure that you're searching for the data when there's a situation or when you're making decisions that you're relying as much as you can on information on facts rather than those feelings. You know that as a manager, winning is about your team and not about yourself. When you slide into a management position from being an individual contributor, a lot changes because when you were in that individual contributor role, it was all about you and your success. But when you are managing people, your team is your success. I've heard people talk about if you win, it's a one, you get a one rating. But if your team wins, it's like a 2.5. It is materially different, more impactful when your team is winning versus when you're just focusing on yourself. And lastly, you have to love to coach. You have to love to coach. And you may not love to coach your team right now, but once you build up the skill and you see how much it impacts their success and how much they love having that feedback on their performance in a meaningful way, it, it just unlocks this huge potential, this high performance of the whole team. It's really amazing to watch. And so getting to a place where you really love to coach is going to be important. And this is why we're going to spend a ton of time on this, not only in this podcast, but also in the manager material community. We're really going to hit this one hard because I know it can be really uncomfortable to coach people. You may not feel like you know how to do it properly. You may have people that are really resistant to it right now. And I want to give you all of the tips, the guides to become a great coach for your team. Now, all of this wrapped up together the what's expected of you and the how to go do it, there's one thing that can pull this house of cards down. And that is, are you in the right environment? Are you right now in an environment that supports you? Do you have a great manager? Do you have a great company? Do you believe in the company? Because I've seen managers question whether or not they should be a manager, step down from management, not been effective managers, and then they switch their environment, get their needs met, and then they thrive as a manager. I just want you to take a look at where you are today and ask yourself, am I getting what I need from where I'm at? Or am I fighting too many battles and that is somehow impacting my team negatively? I want to make sure that you are set up to not only be a great manager, but to be a fantastic manager of people. We have just scratched the surface here. There's a lot more to this and it's going to take time to build up those skills. But if you'll invest in that, then you will build so much confidence in managing people, which will help you in those moments of unpredictability with managing people. This is why I created the Manager Material Community. So you can have a place as a manager to go to, to receive monthly training, where we're gonna dive into each one of these topics in depth. We're gonna have resources. You're gonna be able to ask questions. It's a community where you are supported specifically on developing yourself as a manager. It's truly affordable for you to the balls in your court. What are you gonna do? Chat soon.